right, guys, welcome back. It is Sunday, August uh, 13th. Mac Rollins, Zenkop here. Thank you for listening and thank you for all the support. This will be episode seven of the Zenkop podcast here on Spotify. Lots of fun stuff in the works. I'm very excited for uh, a lot of the upcoming episodes and you can always check out the older episodes on YouTube. And of course, for your reading pleasure, you can check out the blog at the Zenkop like I've stated uh, many times before, I, I try to keep the topics relevant to everyone, not just law enforcement. And it always amazes me how even though the the material is cop related or, or sometimes cop focused entirely, there is such an interesting connection that it holds to society overall, local government and even state government and how all of those branches are related and ultimately leave some sort of footprint among society in the long run. And the executive branch of government was ultimately designed to instill law and order among society. It was designed to preserve public peace and to ensure those who disrupted said peace were held accountable. And this societal endeavor first began in the the mid 1800s. And in time, there would be law enforcement entities in cities and counties nationwide. And as time went on, the the nation would see a, a variety of law enforcement agencies plant their roots as many cities and counties officially incorporated uh, in or around the, the 1850s. Um, at one point, however, there was almost too much law. Uh, there would be sheriff's offices, marshal's offices, police departments, bounty hunters, bondsmen, constables, all of these people sharing uh, some some portion of, of jurisdiction or, or legal authority um, that would sometimes overcrowd the overall objective, which was essentially to, to keep society safe. And more times than not, the main source of any issue seemed to circulate around one thing, uh, money. In that regard, not much has actually changed over the years, but with money comes greed, and greed is a, a very messy and unpleasant byproduct of uh, corruption and corruption would manage to keep its presence in the world of law enforcement for, for decades. And it absolutely still exists today. Um, we would see major paradigm shifts in the 1920s, uh, the fifties and a, a big one in the sixties. And after the, the overhaul of the NYPD in the late sixties, we saw some high levels of, uh, internal corruption become less and less common. Um, it did still exist, but, but more so in intermittent spurts like what we saw with um, the LAPD Rampart scandal or the NYPD 75th Precinct. Those were incidents that were isolated and from a specific station or unit. They rarely involved an entire agency like we saw with the, the NAP Commission um, that involved many individuals and in very varying degrees of, of administration and political offices. If you're not familiar with those investigations, um, they are fascinating to read about and also learning a lot about, um, you know, those portions of time and history will allow us to prevent them from happening again in the future. And that that level of organizational corruption is is more than likely gone for good, or I guess you could say it's much, much harder to to get away with these days with, with technology. Um, it is important, though, to remember that uh, corruption needs two things. In order to be successful, it needs opportunity and a lack of supervision or oversight. And to better understand how we have evolved as a career field, we need to first identify the sort of the, the reformation uh, timeline and how we have grown 
over the years as a career field. And there were ultimately three stages of strategic uh, policing eras within the U.S. And the first was the the political era. And uh, we already talked about that a little bit, but that's the era that began in the, the mid-1800s and, and lasted until the, the 1920s. And that was an era focusing on political ties to policing. Um, in a sentence, taking care of certain tasks or issues to appease politicians. Um, the second stage was the, the reform era. And the reform era was a proactive reformation process because of the pre-existing political era. The objective was to move policing away from political ties and focus on uh, exposing corruption. Um, the reform era thrived from the 20s well into the 70s, and there were major milestones in terms of success for that era, but there was also a very high level of corruption that was identified along the way. And many of those uh, corruption cases would expose internal illegal activity at, at really high levels, including um, a lot of local government offices. And for the last and most recent, we have the current era, which is the uh, era of community policing and problem solving. This has proven to be the most effective form of policing to date. It's not perfect, but if we were to create a, a visible graph or a pie chart based on timelines alone, we would see a, a very low corruption rate and a very high success rate, even with the, the stuff that we've gone through or experienced over the last decade. Um, and while the numbers have, have drastically improved for corruption and overall good standing among society, I would, I would caution that statistical future with respect to the, the current climate of law enforcement, specifically uh, future applicants. Almost four years ago, some of the larger agencies in California would receive thousands and thousands of applications for an academy seat. Out of those thousands of applicants, the list will be narrowed down to, to hundreds with a graduating class of, of much less. And even during the recession of 2008, academy classes in California, they were still full. Um, most of the students would pay their own tuition as a non-employee just to graduate. And in the grand scheme of things, it was an extremely competitive job market with many people who would apply more than once if they really wanted the job. And that's kind of that buzzword, if they really wanted the job. Um, the process to become a cop in, in California uh, specifically is not easy. And, and the road to get there is, is challenging and with good intention. Uh, however, as we have seen over the last few years, that, that rigorous road has become more of a, a smooth asphalt and much easier to navigate. Why? Um, in a sentence, nobody wants to be a cop anymore. So we have to lower the bar and make said road easier to meet the accommodations of new applicants who are far less qualified than what we have seen in years past. And the important thing to remember is, um, why the bar was set so high and why that road was so hard to travel in the first place. The road was difficult to get rid of the ones who, who couldn't hack it and to weed out the people who essentially had no business being in law enforcement. And everyone knows who I'm talking about. Everyone who's gone through the academy has seen someone at some point and gone, man, they would not be a good cop. And now all of those people are potential top candidates in the running because all of the other applicants with a brain in their head decided to do something else with their life. And it was as far away from, from being a cop as, as possible. Now, overall, the number of applicants has drastically plummeted nationwide. And for the first time in California's history, 
law enforcement academy classes are seeing empty seats. And I want to be clear, that has never, ever happened before in the history of California law enforcement. To say there needs to be cause for concern in that regard would be the the understatement of the millennium. And this this does beg the question, how do we get future cops in those empty seats? And the better question, in my opinion, is why are those seats empty to begin with? Um, and I agree the first question is is relevant and it needs to be addressed. The question is based on incentive and not based on, on self-worth and motivation. Law enforcement is not a corporation based on earnings and financial growth. It's a, it's a paramilitary branch of government that, that needs to remain, you know, void of tangible goals based on financial incentives or, or does it, um, over the past year or two, I, I have seen more and more law enforcement agencies, uh, offering hiring bonuses. And I've talked about this a lot on the podcast and the blog, and it's definitely going around, um, the, the law enforcement, social media circles, some agencies, um, you know, they started out with dollar amounts in the $10,000 range. And, you know, they were contingent with the contract. It wasn't a lump sum. The payment was partially added to your paycheck over the course of however many years. And then I started to notice agencies offering, uh, relocation incentives along with a hiring bonus. Some Southern California agencies were willing to pay uh, a lot of money to get you to relocate. And even further, some were offering to pay a percentage of your mortgage every month on your new home. The, the main issue with uh, Southern California and the Bay Area is there's nowhere a cop can live on their salary within a hundred mile radius of that city. And for those that you know do work in those areas, most of them either commute or they find a small rental property, split it with coworkers. The bottom line, the cost of housing is astronomical in certain parts of California. And conveniently enough, that's also where the highest crime rates are. It is becoming um, extremely apparent that uh, agencies were hurting for employees and badly. And I started to dig a little deeper and I saw that the higher the incentives, the more the agency was suffering, the more they had to put up financially to grab the attention of a, of a potential future employee. And I also saw how horrific the conditions were. Um, and then I started talking to friends who worked for agencies that were currently offering bonuses. And the most common phrase I heard was, we just don't have enough bodies. And then I would hear about internal issues. Uh, problems with political pushback, defunding, a lot of vaccine stuff got brought up, um, restricting basically cops' abilities to do their job because they want to appease, uh, you know, radical justice groups, um, city council. The list goes on. The bottom line, people were leaving in droves because their agency chose to appease uh, essentially public opinion rather than the livelihood and the safety of their employees. Um, the result of those actions they are now having to spend money they don't have just to get a body in a patrol car. And the highest paying, uh, pay incentive I have heard of uh, to date was from the uh, Alameda Police Department located in Alameda, California. The city of Alameda, for those of you who don't know, has a population of uh, 76,000 people. It's not very big. And the city sits just west of Oakland on the San Francisco Bay. Um, the payment incentive breakdown uh, was essentially $25,000 paid upon hiring and $55,000 paid upon completion of their field training program. That's 75 grand. Um, I understand there are possibly, you know, contracts and other things attached to that money. 
But I wanted to focus on the speaking point uh, on the lump sum. At this time, that is the highest paid hiring incentive for law enforcement in the entire nation. And, you know, some would make the argument about how great that sounds. And I agree, 75 grand is a lot of money and it would be awesome to receive it. However, talk to the employees who currently work there and see what kind of price tag comes with that money, the fine print, if you will. Remember, nothing is ever free, especially in the realm of government. Talk to the employees who are 10 to 15 years on the job at that agency. Don't talk to the new guys who don't know any different yet. Don't talk to the the brass who are one foot out the door mentally. Talk to the cops. Talk to the, the slick sleeve vets or the supervisors who don't have bars. Talk to the ones who were at the agency when things were great and who are still there when things are bad. Um, you may discover, uh, you know, there are some negative people that you will talk to in this venture, but in the mix, you will find the ones who can give you some true insight into why their agency needs to throw money at recruits and laterals just to stay afloat. In the end, you will probably discover that getting a job where you get no hiring incentive at all may be exactly what you're looking for, especially for the long term. Now, a word of warning to those who, who do wear bars and the rest of you who are willing to put in the work to prevent your agency from going down that road. Um, every agency in the nation right now is on the verge of losing control and everyone is faced with some type of challenge regarding employee retention. As a result, control is, or soon will be for most agencies, lost. If your agency does not require any type of hiring incentive to get quality applicants, great. Keep it that way as long as possible, if not forever. Your agency should be able to sell itself. And what do you think the number one way you will continue to gain quality applicants? It is your current employees. You need them way more than they need you. And sadly, many agencies think otherwise. If you want to sustain any form of control over the next few years, it is imperative that the agency takes care of its employees. If you don't, you will lose quality cops and your replacements will be walking, talking lawsuits. Eventually, you'll be forced to spend money on hiring incentives and the like, only to think that had you simply addressed some of the small things along the way, you really could have kept the good ones. Everything is connected in society. And when there is a bump in the road, Everyone feels it in some way, shape, or form. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the ZenCop. All of the previous episodes are still available on YouTube on the ZenCop podcast. And of course, for your reading pleasure, you can visit the blog at thezencop.com. Guys, thanks again for listening. And thank you for the support. And I will be back next week. Have a good week, guys.